you thought we were done, but we came back again. We're still in the building, so we had to run back a bonus episode. I think this is going to be a fun treat for you guys. Andrew's back again. He's in the background. Say what up, Andrew. What up, what up? <laughs> I still uh, still hear your co-host, Lamar Bratton, along with the Enneagram coach for professionals, Keanu Trujillo. Uh, and then we also got Mason in the building. Hello. What's Mason? up, Mason? How's it going, guys? Yeah, shout out Thanks, to what? What's your type, Mason? Let the people know. I'm a I'm a two wing three. Two wing three, the peaceful mediator. Nope. Dang it! No, don't tell me! Don't tell me! The the uh, supportive advisor. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. I'm working on it. Uh, AKA the helper. The helper. The helper. Uh, then we also got my man Ben here. Hi, what's up, you? Ben? Not much, sir. Yourself? I'm doing good. Uh, so our understanding, you just recently took an Enneagram exam yes. test. Shoot, a month ago, two months ago. Interesting. So we were just sitting around chatting it up and realized that Ben isn't 100% sure what his type is. Yep. So we thought, what better, what good of an opportunity to have Keanu do a typing interview with Ben and we just observe. This Absolutely. is going to be lots of fun. Yeah, guys, go ahead and tune in. This is uh, where we help somebody to confirm their type assessments. Even the best personality assessments, I don't know if you guys know this, are only 70% accurate. Mm. So for assessment to be used, it only has to be 70% accurate. That means wow. th- at least 30% of people are mistyping. Wow. So what I do when I engage with coaching with anyone is I confirm and help them find their type. So my job isn't to make sure... Like, I let you know your type. It's to guide you as you confirm your type. So, Ben, let the people know a little bit about your story, who you are, what you're doing. It's my understanding you're a bit of an entrepreneur yourself. So tell us about yourself. Yeah, um, I'm uh, 29. Uh, My friends all know me as a little bit of a vagabond. Um, So I live here and there and everywhere. And, um, (laughs) and yeah, entrepreneur. Um, I I sell the pocket knives that the, uh, the TSA confiscates from people, mostly in the South. Mostly the knives that were confiscated <laughs> in the South. In the South, yeah. right? How they just did, don't learn over there. How does that happen? How do, how do you find yourself doing that? I worked for a guy for two years, uh, basically because I had eBay experience. He hired me on, and then I then I bought it all from him. Wow. But, um, but yeah, um, and it's all, the, 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 the whole system is so convoluted um, where, like, each state does it differently. Huh. So sometimes I buy knives and... Alabama that were gotten from the five states around and and not from Alabama and <laughs> if you go to here here in Texas all the knives go to a physical storefront in Austin so you can go dig through the pocket what? knives there and yeah that's crazy so if you ever got a knife confiscated they're selling it somewhere else right that's crazy if you don't think you can start a business <laughs> I mean you can start a business out of anything yes. right yes. right uh, Mason tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Mason. Hey, Mason. I'm a computer programmer, uh, kind of a nerd, uh, <laughs> definitely a lover of people. I like hanging out with people, chilling with people, getting to know people's stories. Love it. Such a I'm two. A very, very two. I've realized through my whole Enneagram process that everything I do is kind of centered around people. Like, mm. I'm a programmer, but I got into it through my connections. I got into it from people I knew, and, like, everything I do is kind of centered around, like, being with people, being around people, helping people out, like. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very others-focused. Yeah, for sure. Love it. Well, let's jump on into it, Ben. I have your results here in front of me, all right? And for those that are watching on YouTube, you can see these results. Your top score that the assessment identified you as was a type 7 at 80%, but your type 9 was at 83%. 
but you shared with me that you tested as a type five at one point as well, right? I didn't, didn't test as a type five. Okay. Um, uh, Andrew and I were in the U-Haul moving him here to Dallas. Got it. And Andrew played your podcast with the Benham brothers. Yeah. And um, it was basically just, just the way you worded type five that sounded like I must be a type five. Mm. Uh, basically, um, vaguely remember just uh, the words about, the wording about wanting to, wanting to know a little bit about everything. Mm. Just, mm. Uh, just always having a, a fact or a joke in every subject just sounded like me. Yeah. Um, so definitely not, a, not opposed to any of the seven explanations, uh, you know, the way it, it explains seven. Um, maybe one turnoff was uh, uh, Andrew's older brother is a seven. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm just nothing. I'm not like him. So. <laughs> oh, gosh, Matt. That's funny. Yeah. It, well, it's very interesting how we uh, we begin to associate uh, different people with a type just because we know them. Right. So if somebody knows a very unhealthy eight. Right. And they meet me. They're going to say, wow, he's probably a jerk. <laughs> and they yeah. might be kind of right, but not entirely. Um, so the, the association is interesting. Well, the way that your assessment uh, was set up, and I'm going to share this with you as well. If we were on Zoom, I'd share my screen. But you scored as a seven as 80 percent. But they gave you that as your dominant type, even though your type nine was higher percentage at 83. So the reason being is the way this assessment works is it gives you questions to speak to all nine types, but the last 20 to 25% of the questions, it starts to narrow in on two very specific types. <laughs> so what happened was, is at the end of the assessment, it pitted the seven against the nine and it said, choose essentially in your questioning. And you chose more as the seven when put side by side with the nine. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what I do in a typing interview is I get to know about you personally and just some of your tendencies. And then we jump into more of the Enneagram. Tell me about what else you're doing in life. It's my understanding you're in school as well, right? Uh, uh, slowly. Yeah. Taking, okay. taking some online, um, I guess they're technically pre-med classes looking at uh, switching to chiropractic school. You mentioned that your friends would call you a vagabond. Why is that? Uh, just, just cause, uh, if I, if I stay in one place for, and enough months, I get antsy and move to another one. <laughs> what do you mean by get antsy? Ooh, 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 ooh. Mm. Well, now, now that you repeat it back to me, that word sounds a little strong. Um, just, uh, just, I don't know, uh, uh, restless. Um, uh, I, I'd say, I'd say you're kind of already honing in on something that I've thought was a key part of me, like something about. Um, oh, because that's that's irked me my whole life or at least my vagabonding years. Um, <laughs> uh, shoot, I don't know. I get uh, get a little restless and want to go on to the next uh, next location. Usually there's friends yeah. at the next location. Um, I've, I, you know, I've kicked myself for just basically having shallow friendships in four different states. And mm. Yeah. What do you think is going to be in the next thing? So when you start feeling antsy, and I want you to think about some examples. Mm. When you start feeling antsy and you want to make a move or you want to make a, a life change, what do you think you're going to find in the next thing? Ooh, okay. Um, I mean, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is something, something to do with the, with the people that are there. Maybe it's, maybe it's new people who, who haven't heard the newest stories yet. Um, uh, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a chance to, to create new stories. Maybe, maybe just, uh, being on the move. Um, just, makes me cooler than other people. Mm -hmm. So um, at least I think that's what maybe the voice in my head is telling me. Mm -hmm. uh, hmm. So let's talk about your last big life change. Mm -hmm. What did that look like? Um, 
2018, I thought I had made a, I thought I'd settled down in Dallas and then, uh, then my dad got sick. And so I moved home, what, December 2018 and have, have been there ever since. Um, uh, there is an odd amount of, of purpose there. Um, so when I'm, when I'm helping out the family with things with my dad, um, right, it's like, it's like not at all part of my life plan, but the times that I'm, that I'm in the middle of that, uh, feel good, feel purposeful. Yeah. You, you keep mentioning purpose. Um, is that a common theme that when you move from one thing to another, you sense there's a bit more purpose in the next thing? Mm, maybe so. I know, I know when I'm on the phone with my life coach, I, I, I use the word purpose mm. a lot. He points that out. Yeah. Um, uh, more purpose in the next thing. That doesn't that doesn't feel right. I don't I don't think I'm moving thinking there's more purpose, but maybe. Maybe a subconscious thing. Mm, maybe. What I find in typing interviews is typically I say things that you already understand or you've felt before, mm. but you just may not have had a language for. So it's usually this revelatory moment that's like, oh, that's what that is. So we might experience a little bit of that today. Um, I'm going to read through the core motivations for a few types. I'm not going to tell you which is which. I'm just going to see which resonates with you more, okay? But the core motivations, there are four of them. There's the core fear, which is the thing that you're constantly moving away from, okay? And then your core desire, which is the thing that you're constantly hoping to gain. So whether you're holding a door for somebody uh, like Mason, he's hoping to get a little bit of appreciation, okay? Uh, or you're having a conversation with your parents. I mean, every <laughs> Mason just smiled yeah. ear to ear because like, he was all like, dang, he hit me right dead eye in my chest right, with that right. one. <laughs> so, yeah. Get out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it pisses me off too, honestly. I, I don't know how many coaching sessions I had at Keanu, and like he says something about me, I'm like, I just get so mad because he's so right. Right, right. And, and Lamar, when he holds the door for somebody, it's the right thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. So he's hoping to be seen as right, okay? I'm just hoping to be seen as a protector, as an eight, and Andrew's hoping to be seen as just greatness, which he is, okay? Uh, so just the different things. But anyways, the core desire is what we're constantly seeking to gain. Then there's our core weakness or our core dominant sin struggle, which is the thing that we trip over running from our fear and running towards our desire. Then there's our core longing, which is the thing that our soul and our, our life longs for. And, but it's the only, it's the thing that only Christ can satisfy. So those are the four core motivations. We're going to start with some core fears. Okay. I'm going to read them and you let me know which one resonates with you more. All right. The first one is being in conflict tension or discord, feeling shut out and overlooked, losing connection and relationship with others. How does that core fear resonate with you? Mm, yeah, five out of 10, four out of 10. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, limited or bored, missing out on something fun. Uh, uh, definitely more. Uh, seven or eight out of 10. Okay. Tell me about dealing with and process, processing emotions. So when you're sad or you're kind of down, how do you usually process those, if at all? Like in such a way that it's hard to answer your question. I'm, I'm not sure. So some some form of uh, ignoring or, or squelching or um, thinking it's uh, thinking it's like irrational. Like I should I should just get back to feeling good. Mm, yeah. So, so being trapped in emotional pain or having to face those emotions, it almost feels like I need to move away from that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to touch on one more just to get a little bit of insight. This is a, a different type. Mm. 
being annihilated, invaded, or not existing, being thought incapable or ignorant, having obligations placed upon you or your energy being completely depleted. Mm, I, maybe, uh, maybe four out of ten. Okay. So in order, I listed the core fear of the nine, the core fear of the seven, which was the eight out of ten, and the core fear of the five. Okay. So staying on that a little bit more uh, on the on the core motivations, let's talk about core desire. Do you have a desire to be happy, fully satisfied, and content, or have inner stability and peace of mind? I those feel pretty equal. Mm-hmm. Um, happy, satisfied, content, inner stability, peace of mind. Um, uh, inner stability, peace of mind wins. Okay, why is that? Oh, something something about the the fear of it. I can. Uh, I can be okay if I'm not happy. I get the impression that I'm I'm more scared of being unstable, of being not at peace. Mm-hmm. What is? Can I ask a yeah, question? Of course. What is what is like being unstable and like not at peace look like for you? The um, <laughs> I'm a believer, but I made a I made a big error in February and and took some uh, took some ayahuasca down in uh, down in South America. So basically, enlightenment guru dr- jungle drugs. Oh, um, I was like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so like definitely ever since then, just being unstable is just being just like, oh, it's just it's just weird. I apparently apparently they reacted with me more much more poorly than than most people. So so that was so it's followed by quite a few months of just what I would just call instability. Just just hard to explain why I knew as a fact the universe wasn't right and didn't understand didn't understand how I used to know the universe was right and how all the people around me knew the universe was right when I knew the universe wasn't right. Mm. Um, so that's the, that's, that'd be the biggest fear. Most, most recent, maybe, maybe that's why instability stands out. Just, just, I just spent months wanting peace. Didn't need to feel happy. Just wanted peace. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because it felt like almost like a setback. So it was kind of trying to get back to even. Oh yeah. Anything to get back to even. Yeah. I want to ask a little bit, if you will, and this is great. Thank you for sharing this as well. You know, what led to you experimenting with that? What were you kind of hoping to gain from that experience? Um, huh. Like, like for me, um, uh, oh, well, one doctor after I did it explained it as the reason it didn't work was, uh, the reason it worked so poor, went so poorly was because uh, it was basically like taking someone else's prescription. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, and I, I take that to mean like, I've just always been a chipper person. Always been relatively happy. So it definitely wasn't something I went in to fix something. It was something I uh, went in hoping I could get to some, just a, sli- a little bit more enlightened, a little bit more at peace. Um, uh, but also the story. I could, you know, uh, all all my friends listen to the same, you know, life hacker podcast. So yeah. hey, I could be the guy who'd actually done ayahuasca, yeah. <laughs> like a like an experience. Yeah, yeah, okay. it was another experience. Okay. Yeah. Um, I ask that because a type seven really longs for experiences and that leads into the core weakness of a type seven, which is gluttony. So what'll happen with the type seven is they'll look for ways to fill themselves with things that are uncommon or more, right? And in business that can look like filling yourself with more opportunity, more clients, more money, more whatever, right? Um, But in life in general, we can find ourselves or a type seven would trying to find, okay, what's the next thing that might give me a little bit more enlightenment or maybe a little bit more understanding. Mm. Makes sense. 
I just realized something. I'm a type seven. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Tell us why. Wait, Andrew, and then, has, Andrew oh, had something. Well, I want to. I want to hear why, and then I want to. No, no, no. Ben's about to give in on why he's a seven, but I'm gonna chime in, Andrew here. Um, I would say ayahuasca that Ben took, whatnot, has two options. One is euphoria, or one is like panic and anxiety, mm, right? Okay. And it just depends on the person I take it, the person I'm not sure exactly. And so he just felt the negative side effects of that. Um, and so we gotta think about that and how he's being typed right now is does he still have those effects? Gotcha. Um, I was gonna add into that though, is that Ben and I biked uh, 3,000 miles across Europe one summer. Wow. Uh, yeah, just for kicks and giggles. And Adventure. Ben, <laughs> ben was not a cyclist, right? It's not like he's like, oh, yeah, I ride 35 miles every day or whatever. It's, he's like, all right, I'm in. So he bought a bike. We did like one <laughs> – We did one, he bought a bike. We did one century ride together in Alabama like six months or a year before that. And we're like, all right, we're trained. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> not even kidding. Right, and trained. I take him like to the grand route of the Alps, like the hardest passes in Europe. And he's oh like, all right. And so he's like, make it or he'd hitch a ride kind of a deal. And the whole time just having a fun, trying to experiment with new things, just kind of give him my intake on things right now. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. what's your perspective on Ben's Enneagram type? Mm, that is, uh, I, if I had to look at it based on the fact that he's moving from place to place, um, that he's always down for a grand adventure. Um, I was thinking like a hobbit's like, I'm, I'm going on an adventure, right? Yeah. Ben's kind of like that is yeah. like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Mm. Yeah. And, and even that is kind of looking at his going to school. Like, did you finish school, Ben? Uh, college? Yeah. Yes. Oh, he did. He had, he had three, he had like three, an hour, three hours left and he had to take like one test and just failed to take it on our, on our 3000 mile bike ride across Europe. Right. Kind of a deal. Which was years ago. My, um, uh, well, yeah, that was just another story. I was proud that I was crushing life without a degree. Uh, that said, I took the last test, and the, the degree came in the mail a month ago. Wow. Yeah, that's hilarious, because it didn't <laughs> matter to him to have the accolades from the outside or whatnot. It just was like, all right, now I have a degree, so I can go into the next thing is what he's looking at. And his next thing right now is looking at chiropractic or medical school. And so he's not the same as my brother Matt. We know that, but I can definitely see him being typed as a seven in the way that he moves and does things. Right, right. Mm -hmm. It's a lot about the core motivations, not necessarily what you do, but why you do mm. that. So that's where we often, we see somebody's Enneagram type or we know they're, them and their Enneagram type and we think, well, I don't do that. Uh, but why is the bigger thing, okay? Yeah. Um, the reason, it's, it's so helpful to hear from Andrew's perspective because self-awareness doesn't start with ourself, okay? First of all, as a believer, it starts with God. What does God's word say first and foremost? So we want to tell ourselves we're this or we're that, or we'll give ourselves a negative identity. But what does God's word say? Let's start there. The second place, still not yourself, those around you. Mm. What do those around you say? Because I didn't know that I was a confrontational jerk until people <laughs> around me started telling me I was a confrontational jerk, right? Yep. You missed that how? I, I know, exactly. <laughs> right. Self-awareness does not start with self. Uh, it took my wife telling me, you're super aggressive and confrontational. And I'm like, I'm just trying to love you. Like, that's how I, I, I give love. Uh, and then it gets to yourself. So understanding that in every scenario, even throughout your daily life, for all of you gentlemen in the room and everyone listening, is understanding that, okay, what does God's word say? What are those around me telling me? And then can I do the introspective work to understand myself? So, Ben, you've identified yourself as a type 7. Tell us why. Oh, it's just funny how um, you say the, the first three sentences about it, and it's kind of like, mm, okay, experiences. But somewhere it was in, it was in the, the, the 20 sentences. It was in the, the full explanation where you're talking, um, not just the experiences. It was the core the, weakness. Basically, what like you were gluttony, saying, right? Filling like, what yourself the up. And, yeah. and what was the core weakness? Uh, gluttony. Gluttony. That, that, oh gosh, that could fit on, on certain uh, levels. Because I assume that means more than food. 
yeah, the way you explained mm-hmm. it. Well, here's a little bit of an explanation of it. Feeling a great emptiness inside and having an insatiable desire to fill yourself up with experiences and stimulation in hopes of feeling completely satisfied and content. Mm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, does that, what does that mean to you? Where do you see that in your life? Ooh, I, don't, I don't know if I've, if I've yet to call it a great emptiness, though. Um, but I do see myself, like, if I... If I get into something, buy a lot of it because I think a lot of that, like, like I can see yeah. gluttony in, in different areas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. If I get into smoking cigars, I buy a hundred for some reason, right? <laughs> right. And then I'm, then I'm not loving it. No, like, not right? I mean, Ben literally just shit me some RX bars, like you know, little snack bars, because he bought like eight dozen. Oh, they're on sale. I need to buy all eight dozen. Or like, he's like, yeah, I got like a six month supply of super coffee because I found a great deal on it, and so I bought like fifteen cases of it. Exactly. Right. He's like, I'm all two extreme. cases in and tired of it. <laughs> exactly. And then I'm not. Uh, then literally like twenty in, I'm like, oh man, these aren't. Like, why isn't the thrill continuing? And they're just kind of men. Why is wow. the thrill continuing? And then I get the leftovers. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. that's really That exactly. is awesome. See, now it's building a lot more insight and understanding. Um, you know, being able to figure out, you know, that type and, and understanding again. Uh, I didn't talk about a lot about the Enneagram. I talked about you, mm-hmm. right? We want to begin to understand ourselves, And I want to move on to that final thing, the core longing. So the core longing, like I said, it's a thing that only Christ can satisfy. And when I found my core longing, I found the reason why I was able to accept Christ and fall in love with what he did for me. It mattered so much. My core longing is you will not be betrayed. Quick backstory. Uh, I grew up and my dad had actually attempted suicide multiple times. And I always thought my dad, my father left me. I always thought this. And it took me 10, 12 years to process that, wow, why would my dad do this? Why would he leave me? But when I understood and accepted what Jesus did on the cross, that he said, I never left you. I, I was there. I saw you that night. I got you out of there and furthermore kept my dad alive. Thank God. But he said, I never abandoned you. Mm-hmm. And so when I accepted Christ and those of you that know my story early on, I said, I always wondered why my dad would leave me like that. But when I understood what Christ did, I knew that my father was always there. And my core longing is you will not be betrayed, okay? The core longing for a type 7 is you will be taken care of. And what that means is that what Jesus did on the cross cannot be reversed. It can't be changed. It's irreversible. It's permanent. And what he did said, Ben, you will be taken care of. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what you think you're missing, no matter what you're looking for, looking for you will be taken care of because you were worth it to me on the cross. How does that hit you? I think of, um, uh, first thing I think of is why that seems to match with the reason that that politics can get me depressed um, is because I think of a future where I'm not allowed, or I'm mm. not allowed to do what I want to do. Mm. So somebody's infringing, mm. infringing, someone's, yeah, infringing on my ability to be me. Mm. Um, coincidentally, I, I'm asking politicians not to take care of me. So the, the take care of is kind of an oxymoron there, right, but right. but uh, uh, but that's the first thing. First thing right. pops into mind is like, oh, I'm I get mad about politics because I'm afraid because I'm afraid of a future that doesn't include certain things. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, going back to that core fear a little bit, being deprived, trapped, limited. Mm. 
right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Ooh. fear is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the fear is their actions can limit you. You don't want them to take care of you. You want them to allow you the opportunity to take care of yourself. Mm, yep. So that that is so interesting. How do you reconcile uh, and understand that it's Jesus that says you will be taken care of and that you are taken care of? Oh, I mean, it's a it's a mindset shift. Got to do a little one eighty to, I mean, to what's actually important. Yeah. The, um, because the the truth is like, who who cares where I'm living? I mean, I do care. I can't I can't get away from care. Yeah, no, it's okay. But but um, but there's just some truth outside of my little mind that says I can be taken care of and content and at peace, mm-hmm. even in a I mean. Just any any sort of lack of freedom in a prison, ooh, yeah. that, that'd be a big fear. For me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, that'd be the that'd be the ultimate example. Somehow, there's a truth that that I don't quite haven't quite reconciled to right now that says I can be taken care of in a prison because Jesus did everything that mattered yeah. and the only thing that mattered. Yeah, this is finding contentment, knowing that it's not in what's next; it's what's now, and and Jesus and what He's done is still now. Can I, Lamar? Uh, you. That's yeah, I didn't want to interject, <laughs> but well, you know, you always tell me this, Keanu, you always talk about like that core longing. When we try to pursue that core longing without the foundation of Christ, we end up creating exactly what we're trying to avoid in the first place. Right. Like right. when you're, when you're trying to make sure that you're taken care of in your own way, you end up doing things that push you in the opposite direction. Exactly. Like with your, with your experience with, uh, how do you say that? Ayahuasca. 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 Yeah. You were you were you were going to for this experience thinking you'd be taken care of in euphoria. Oh dang! And it did the exact opposite. Well, except wow. except I went in knowing they they basically say you you don't go for fun. It shows you your worst fears. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But no. But you except, went in for an experience. I went in for an experience. Right. You yep. went in for experience, yeah. and you got one. Yes. <laughs> experience and a story. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. Knowing. No, no, you're good. Go Knowing ahead. what you just said, so all Enneagram types are grouped into triads, and the five, the six, and the seven are grouped in the anxiety or head triad, the thought triad. So they operate out of their thoughts, their head, and they have a common struggle with anxiety. So in a sense, it's interesting that you wanted to do that because it exposes some of your fears. Well, what a seven would want to do is know those fears so they can avoid them, <laughs> right? Dang. So they can move away from them. So it seems like we're getting to some subconscious reasons why you did what you did. You were trying to see them because if you see them, then you can compensate and stay away from them, Dang, right? And yes. so, but instead it triggered a lot more anxiety in a negative sense, which you know, not to say like, oh yeah, if you want to do ayahuasca, make sure you're not a five or six or a seven. I probably wouldn't recommend it at all. Uh, but it triggered something that is a struggle for you, which is anxiety because a seven, their optimistic behavior and just their positive, outgoing, fun, loving self, they do these things. It's like, I don't want to be anxious. I, I don't want to deal with that. Like, I'd rather just be fun and optimistic. Why do that? And that's not a weakness. It's just real. You mentioned something a moment ago, and I want to close with this. You said, I can't help but care, right? There are certain things that you're going to find out that are weaknesses within you with the Enneagram type, with your Enneagram type that you're going to say, well, how do I fix this? The thing that everyone needs to understand is it's not a problem to solve. These are just tensions to manage. So when we identify these tensions within our personality, it's not our job to solve them. It's to learn how to exist with them. They're almost some thorns in our side that continue to point us back to Christ. And when we think something's a problem to be solved, for example, myself, if I think my intensity was a problem to solve, I'm going to continue to be frustrated with myself because it's not a problem. 
it's part of me. And when I learn how to understand that and leverage that, then I can continue to move into my fullness in my business, in my life, in my marriage. Interesting. That's like so much in line with um, kind of like the kind of healer I want to be like through through chiropractics. Yeah. It's like you don't ever, you shouldn't ever think about just, just fixing your shoulder pain. Like manage all these tensions, get all the tensions right. right. And then you're somehow like a whole person through a lot of different a lot of correct and even tensions. Yes, <laughs> yes, because you can't get rid of them, right? Yeah, well, you can't just stretch it out. Exactly. Just, just in the shoulder area. You gotta stretch, fix it with your other shoulder and with your posture. And mm. Well, that's uh, that's such a great uh, example. Thank you for that. Because I know, you know, having worked with chiropractors for many years that you can have a lot of issues that have nothing to do with your spine, but they stem from your spine. Yes. So in the same way in our personality, you have issues going on that have nothing to do with that issue. It stems from something that's more central. Wow. That's so cool. Wow. That's so cool. Guys, this was awesome. If you guys are listening to this on podcasts, like you have to go and check in on the YouTube video because just to see the reactions and like the the aha moments happening here, yeah. it's it's amazing to observe. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, Ben, thank you for letting us do a typing interview oh, live. Thank you. Thank this you for fun. being right. vulnerable. Thank you for sharing. Ben, give us feedback. What was that like for you? Like, like when that when you finally like triggered and like, oh crap! Like, what was going through your mind? Oh goodness! It um uh, gosh, it, it somehow just um uh, uh ties into like who I am. Like for some reason, the vulnerability and just hashing things out and just like overanalyzing things is something I love to do. Um, so this was a thrill, even despite the vulnerability or the <laughs> scary thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like um. Oh, it's almost like a coaching session, right? Like, uh, I walk away going, like, I I knew all that. Keanu didn't help me. What did Keanu have to do with that? Oh, well, actually, he just pointed, he just, like, showed me things that I already knew but didn't know. Right, right. Well, I, I had a uh, something that I'd always say, said in leadership, and I, I still apply it to my business now. I'm not here to bring anything to you. I'm here to bring it out of you. Yes. Because the things that I bring to you, it's too easy to, oh, I forget or I leave those behind. But the things that I bring out of you, you know that it wasn't for me. It's mm. been there all along. Now you just know how to leverage it. Right. Right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening into that. I hope that uh, that was helpful. If you're interested in getting a typing interview, Ben, would you recommend this to other people? I would first recommend of all? this to other people. I recommend this to everybody. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm so honored. If you're interested in scheduling and purchasing a typing interview where we can sit down and help you identify your type, you can find that at truestrategy.info. Go to the book online tab and you can book a one-on-one -on -one typing interview there to have this kind of insight as well. I'd love to help you out with that. But guys, thank you again. Lamar, closing words for our friends. Yeah, man, that was dope. This was the first time I've actually got to see the typing interview happen from a third person perspective. Like, and that was, it just kind of brought me back to my first experience. It's yeah. like, it's really cool. It's really fun. Yeah, it, it's so awesome to see those light bulb moments um, just to bring that insight and understand. And, and it's, it's just, uh, it's like when the scales fell off of Paul's eyes and all of a sudden you see the world just differently. Well, all right, guys, this has been another episode, More Than Numbers, Enneagram for Entrepreneurs. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Give us a subscribe, a rating, and a review, and share this with a friend, somebody that it might be helpful for. We love you. We appreciate you. See you guys next time. Peace.